Hello, people. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for setting aside some of your time to listen to my thoughts, listen to my narrations as I page through my own learning journey, my mother culture, if you will. And that would just be things that I'm reading to further my own education as I homeschool my children and learn for myself. So, I'm in the middle still of reading Betty Edwards, um, her book, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. And today we're going to marry some of this content with a an excerpt from Home Education, Charlotte Mason's own first volume in her homeschooling series. I'm going to introduce this topic in a different way. We're not going to dive right into the book yet. I found an article from, looks like a type of research or medical journal online, and this is the Gifted Child Quarterly, and this came out spring of 1979. It is called Comparison of Right and Left Hemisphere Functions. So this is something talked about in her book, and I'm going to read you this very first chunk. Each side of the brain appears to be specialized for different cognitive functions. The left cerebral hemisphere is auditory, verbal, analytic, logical, abstract, convergent, and deductive. The right side is visual, motoric, and in parentheses says tactual slash kinesthetic, nonverbal, intuitive, creative, divergent, concrete, musical, spatial, holistic, and inductive. So that's a lot to take in there. And you may have to stop and sort of research some definitions in there to understand how they're how they're being compared there but I kind of want to just zone in on the like spatial motoric intuitive function of that right brain versus left brain being verbal analytic logic auditory which is very interesting to me. And I have a little story that I can tell in just a minute. Back to the Betty Edwards book on page 27 in Roman numerals. So it's in the introduction at the bottom of the page. She's talking about how language dominates in ourselves. And I even think culturally, she says, from an American context. Possibly other cultures are different, but we um, are, seem to be like more of a logical task-oriented task culture. Um, the language or the left side of your hemisphere is operating more often. So now she's speaking how she's going to help you understand how you need to make a cognitive shift from left hemisphere to right hemisphere. 
this cognitive shift to a different from usual mode of thinking results in a marvelous state of being, a highly focused, singularly attentive, deeply engaging, wordless, timeless, productive, and mentally restorative state. So my story is that recently I attended a life drawing session that my friend was hosting. It's been once a month this summer and it's been great. It's been really good for me to take two hours out of my day to let my husband have the children. And I have been going out and have a set time to draw with a model, a draped model. And it's been wonderful for just my skills and really resting this concept that she's talking about here. Restorative state, a mentally restorative state. But um, this last time, the model was a very good friend of mine's daughter who is a, um, a baby. I want to say she's 18 months old now, maybe not even 18 months, 16 months maybe. Um, and she has a, a disability where she um, has seizures. And so she most of the time is lying down or isn't, you know, she can't walk or crawl. She's immobile in some ways. So I thought to talk to my friend who hosts these drawing classes or um, drawing sessions and um, mentioned that she might be a good model just for a change of figure since children have different proportions than adults and um, her specific situation would be where she wouldn't be all over the room and constantly changing positions. So uh, both my friend loved the idea and my friend who um, has the child loved the idea and they talked and it worked. So uh, she was our model this last time around and it was wonderful. And she's just, she's beautiful. She has this beautiful face and these dark eyelashes and these beautiful lips and just you know, I love drawing feet and hands. So she just had these cute little child feet that I adored. Where I'm going with this is that it was interesting to me that I sort of had this like constant ping-ponging back and forth between I want to talk to my friend right now. I don't get to see her very often and she's a really good friend of mine. So I want to make small talk with her in the room. And it's a very intimate, small studio space too. So it wasn't like I felt a lot of desire to talk to her because she's right in the room there with me knitting, watching us do what we're doing here. So I just, I didn't feel in the zone, you know, the drawing zone. Um, and if any of you like drawing for extended amounts of time, you understand what I'm talking about. It's just this more non-verbal, non-analytical, sort of hyper-aware and concentrate on the visual, what you're doing. So 
yeah, I mean, I think what I was experiencing was this phenomenon of different, just different functions of the left and right brain. I was standing there wanting to talk to my friend, make meaningful conversation with her. And then on the other hand, I had this beautiful subject that I was to be drawing. And my first drawing, I didn't didn't like it. It wasn't going well. I wasn't really able to capture things as accurately as I I feel like I usually can. And <laughs> also kind of feeling possibly a little bit more pressure knowing the person who was going to be seeing what I was drawing. And it's a very closely related person to her. She knows her well. It's her daughter. So yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a complicated brain functionality going on. And I was, I mean, I was kind of getting into the zone by the second hour. And then maybe about the last half an hour, I felt like, okay, wow, I think I'm getting into it. I'm getting just fired up for this. And, and then before you know it, it's time's over, session's over. So I think that sort of illustrates what I'm talking about here and then it also makes me think about one other thing with uh just like a practical during the drawing lesson time and if you're doing I was trying to look this up I think the only morning time uh for brush drawing that is scheduled is a form 1b student which would be a first grader so i think that's the only time in the curriculum that they're doing drawing in the morning academic lessons i could be wrong someone please correct me if i'm reading that wrong i'm just learning this stuff so i'm just narrating what i understand about this process teach me i want to learn So that makes me think of not just chatting my kid's ear off or trying to interject too much during the drawing time itself if we're kind of getting into it and I'm really asking him to look at the subject and try to mimic the shapes and the shadows that he's seeing. (sighs) I just realized like I could be a kind of a hindrance to him while he's doing that if I'm constantly wanting to talk to him and make him switch you know from that left and right brain function so here's an idea I've had when I we don't begin um, school for another couple weeks here so just kind of really starting to get back into that mode so having these little conversations along the way is pretty helpful but I think what I'll be doing is just set aside the first two or three minutes to kind of get all if there's any talking out of the way um, where I'm I'll say here's what I want you to notice ask him where the light is hitting the object ask him what he thinks the shape of this shadow is, call attention to shadows, call attention to the form of the object, 
And then I think I'm just going to let him go and do it. And usually I sit down and we, we're drawing together doing it. So sometimes he'll, he, he's just, he's a chatty person. He's a very conversational, wants to make friends, uh, loves social interaction type. So he kind of, he rests in that time of drawing, but he's also wanting to talk a little bit. If he gets relaxed enough, he's, you know, he'll share some of his thoughts about the day or something he remembered. It's kind of cute and very, I don't know, a time of bonding, I feel like. So that's a very side thing to that. But those are some of my thoughts on that concept. Um, feel free to try to implement parts of that idea into your school or drawing for yourself. If you are stressed out during a time of drawing because you haven't really given yourself some space or time away from your phone, like put your phone on silent or eliminate your distractions so you can really focus. This is just a couple pages later, and I just think it's a funny thought. So, the right hemisphere state is extremely fragile, ending the instant the cell phone rings or someone asks you what you are doing or calls you to dinner. Immediately it is over, and you are back to your more usual mental state. So, right along with what I was already talking about, just recognizing that it is a more fragile mental state and doing what you can to prevent uh, left brain function distraction, I guess. So, now I will be reading something in Home Education by Charlotte Mason. And we'll see how these ideas interact. She is about the brain and this is under the heading called change of occupation there is says Huxley no satisfactory proof at present that the manifestation of any particular kind of mental faculty is especially allotted to or connected with the activity of any particular region of the cerebral hemispheres comma quote ends that is funny because I just read that article from 1979 talking about how they've discovered the right and left hemisphere differing functions so this makes me think initially okay what will they be finding out next that totally contradicts this and maybe Maybe Charlotte Mason is right here. However, I think the, the principle still stands. Continuing, a dictum against the phrenologists, but coming to us on too high authority to be disputed. It is not possible to localize the faculties to say you are cautious with this fraction of your brain and music loving with another, but this much is certain and is very important to the educator. The brain, or some portion of the brain, becomes exhausted when any given function has been exercised too long. 
the child has been doing sums for some time and is getting unaccountably stupid. Take away his slate and let him read history, and you find his wits fresh again. Imagination, which has had no part in the sums, is called into play by the history lesson, and the child brings a lively, unexhausted power to his new work. School timetables are usually drawn up with a view to give the brain of the child variety of work. But the secret of the weariness children often show in the home schoolroom is that no such judicious change of lesson is contrived. Okay, so that's a very practical tip we have from Miss Mason about doing this very thing I've talked about. Maybe this means that after a math lesson, you switch to doing some brushwork, do some drawing. Um, or at least I know that the children in the older forms don't do the drawing in the morning. So that just makes me think that it will be a very good idea to keep time protected in the afternoons to do that drawing because it still is on the schedule. It's just not in the morning academic time. But I hopefully will be diving into some other reasons, the many reasons that we draw, not just for rest of our brain or our sense of beauty, but just um, it dovetails with, I think, every area of study. So we'll be exploring those topics later, hopefully. And let me know what your thinking is on this idea and these ideas that I've presented. How do you do with trying to shut down your left brain and get into right brain mode? One thing she suggests in um, the Edwards book is that you take a few minutes to, um, to do a drawing upside down. And that's something she talks about in a different different section, but it makes you, uh, it tricks your brain into not really knowing what you're drawing. Um, so it makes you follow the lines better and you're zeroing in on shapes and content and relations and proportions. So what kinds of things stop you from taking time out of your day to draw because as she put forth that the left brain is dominant usually and so we just want to get on to the next thing especially I feel like homeschool moms do that um lots of moms not just homeschool moms we're often organizing the day in and day out of our home life and so we're just on to the next thing on to the next thing to plan What's going to be for dinner? How am I going to get this child to their whatever lesson? How am I going to schedule our weekend? I haven't even had time to think about what's happening in one week from now. Just those things. I tend to also, even being a person who absolutely loves to draw, absolutely loves to have a project with my hands to do, I often just shut down that desire and that draw to do other things that I feel like are going to get more done. However, what I'm doing is 
exhausting my brain in one direction and I just need to do a little bit of a reset and gather some of the benefits of drawing on the right side of the brain. All right. Thank you for joining me with this casual conversation as I narrate through my homeschool journey and my various things that I'm learning. So I will see you all next time and hopefully the beginning of your school, since I know it's near to a lot of people's starting school time, is going well. And as much as I can, I like to pray for people I know starting. It is tough. So I wish you well and see you next time.